Hello and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. You join us for this live stream and you can get our live reactions of the brand new home shirt that which was released today as well as talking about some rumbling transfer saga news. But before we get into that, let's see who we've got on the show today. We welcome Joe. Joe, my friend, how are you? All good, mate. The The anticipation has, has, has finally subsided and the, the kits are here and I'm very happy. Um, or am I? We'll find out. Dun, dun, dun. But Tune no, I'm good. Next time. How, are you? How are you, Tom? How was your drive back from Sussex yesterday? It was long. Um, actually, it wasn't long at all. I'm looking at and I've got Dagan here who regularly travels many more hours than me to get places. But no, it felt like a long time. And all the way back in the car, I was thinking, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Um, but I did go to work tomorrow today. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm happy to be back up north, but that is not the case. Uh, but less about that, more about Dagan. Dagan, my friend, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well, Tom. Uh, excited. The the shirt is here. Eagerly awaiting now the goalkeeper shirts. Um, but I was thinking about the travel as you were speaking. I will spend 24 hours uh, in the to and from uh, to get to the two games that I will be attending. Um, four hours each way to Philly, eight hours each way to Atlanta. That is 24 hours of driving, and I am most excited to see the Albion for the first time. That is commitment, Dagan. It makes me <laughs> moaning about being in a car for like four and a half hours seem really, really pathetic. Um, and we also welcome on the show today Maxwell. Maxwell, thank you so much um, for joining us this evening. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, Tom. I can't complain. It's quite cold in Zambia, but apart from that, um, I'm pretty good. Great what's cold? Stuff. What's what's cold in Zambia? Oh, we are in um, what you would call the winter right now. So it's it's quite cold on this side of the world right now. Ah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, I'd imagine it's is is your cold a lot warmer than what our cold would be? I'd imagine a lot, lot warmer. There's no snow, so that's a plus. <laughs> Yeah, but it's 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 not too bad. It's like eight degrees ish when it's really bad. But you know we're used to warmer weather, so it's you can feel the cold. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, eight degrees. That's like Britain's spring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, thank you so much for joining us to, today, Max. And um, for those of you who don't know, Max is a Zambian uh, Chelsea fan. Um, but he's also come, so he's come on the show today to touch to us a little bit about the. Colwell, Caicedo transfer saga, and is also going to join us in talking about the brand new Brighton shirt, which we will talk about now. Let's talk about it then. So it was released today. A lot of build-up. Admin, uh, the Brighton and Hove admin was, uh, I would say, trolling, but they were very much sort of every day. There was a brand new post saying that, that it's not coming out today. It's not coming out today. And underneath it, you'd have lots of people moaning um, and then you'd have people moaning about people moaning and then you'd have people moaning about people moaning about people moaning and it was all this <laughs> sort of oh, how dare grown men um, want to buy a football shirt how dare they enjoy football shirts um, and here's a live stream where some men talk about football shirts um, Joe you were eagerly anticipating this what was your initial reaction to when you first saw the shirt it was 
Oh, really? Is that it? Um, and then I looked at it more and I was like picking faults with it because I didn't get that. And it's like with the away shirt, I was, I was blown away. I was like, Oh my gosh, they have released an all time classic. This is unbelievable. The home shirt has to follow this. The home shirt hasn't followed it. It's like, the more I look at it, the more faults I find. Um, and I don't know if that's just cause I'm a perfectionist with shirt designs and stuff like that. Um, but the, the off center, um, blue stripe down the middle really annoys me um the neckline pointing directly to it so your eyes are directly drawn to the off center line really annoys me the massive american express thing really annoys me um so as you can tell tom i absolutely love it <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> thank you for joining us today guys in this live stream some comments coming him in already michael has said that he quite likes it but he thinks joe has better designs michael i am inclined sign me up nike you. and official brighton Albion. sign me up it, it for me dagan it just screams nike template kit not much originality nothing particularly special what, what what was your initial reaction to when you saw it i i warmed to it a little over the past few hours but not much um it was sort of a yeah i don't i don't love the the way the shoulders look a separate part from the rest of the shirt in the same way the shirt behind you does but i think the stripes the the narrower stripes really accentuate that and uh make it more stark I don't love the Navy on the sleeves. I get now that the the text for the name and the uh, number are going to be that Navy color. So it makes a little bit more sense, but visually from the front, it's like, what is that random bit of Navy there? Um, and why is it there? And it's sort of a newer color from the shirts I've seen uh, to be on a home shirt. Um, so yeah, overall just sort of meh. And I think, I don't think looking at all the nice uh, mock-ups helps any because your sort of expectations of like, oh, it could look like that. That would be amazing. And then you get the real thing and it's not not quite as good. Um, for me, I'm not in the position of you guys. You guys like have almost every shirt. There are so many shirts I don't have. I may pursue a different older home shirt rather than, uh, than buy this year's home shirt. And then maybe I'll collect that one sometime in the future. But uh, for now, I think I'm going to pursue what I say, 21, 22 home shirt i really like with all of the stripes down the sleeves i like that one yeah that's probably our best nike shirt in my opinion um maxwell as a complete neutral as someone who's not a brighton Nova albion fan who's not swayed this way or that what do you make of it as from a purely what is it what how do you think it looks um well i i i'm kind of a little bit of a jersey collector myself but um yeah, it, it just feels a little bit too generic. The first thing that came to mind when I saw it was the, I think it was 20, 2019. All I remember is Aaron Connolly scoring against Spurs in it, the one that was a little bit darkish. Yeah, that's 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 the memory that it spiked. So I don't know. I, I prefer the, the, the Awake It much, much more than this one. I, it just feels like a safe bet from Nike. Yeah, I think that's probably my biggest. Um, I, I had... Tom, I would I would say it's a a safe bet gone wrong, <laughs> because like they could they could have just done nice simple stripes 
and not have it off center. But for some bizarre reason, they've tried to be different and they've gone off center. And that's the one you're on about. Yeah. That that's a nice shirt. The one Dagan showing on screen. That is lovely. I loved what they did with the stripes. Perfect. Um but yeah, it was it's, as as Maxwell said, it's 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 a sorry attempt from Nike, but gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Curtis. Welcome, Jason. We're just talking about the brand new home shirt. Drop you drop your thoughts uh, in the comment section down below. We'd love to hear what you make of it. Uh, so far, it has been a very meh sort of response from us today on the channel. I think that's probably was my initial reaction. I don't hate it, but I don't particularly like it and something something that we are brighton posted on twitter now now i can't get the image out of my head it looks like the cape from adam west's batman and i can't get that image out of my head um it's for me i I, the stripes yeah i get it the that doesn't really work for me um and then it's the sleeves the sleeves this bit here and i think why that bit doesn't work for me is because it's all blue and i did bring a prop I think if they had done, yes, that's the one. Thank you, We Are Brighton. If they had done something like this from the 1993 shirt, where, as you can see, you've got the, the dark blue after If they'd done something like this, just to, you know, finish off the sleeve with a bit of stripe, I would have really liked that. That would have been a bit of a saving grace for me. But for me, it's just, it's our first European shirt, and it is just meh, meh. So I would give it a solid five out of 10. No, I'd give it a four out of 10 because it's a boring Nike template shirt. So four out of 10 for me, because it's not, it's not terrible. It's not brilliant, but it's just, as you say, a boring, safe Nike shirt that doesn't inspire me to want to get out there and buy it. He says, having gone out and bought it. (laughs) I know. Terrible. We've got someone here who's given it a seven out of 10 fair play let us know your thoughts below why does it make a 7 out of 10 in your opinion because at the end of the day beauty is in the eye of the beholder you know it's everyone is going to see it slightly differently and that's absolutely fine there isn't there is this is a safe space if you want to share your kit ratings be they 0 be they 10 let us know oh the one thing i do like i really like the nike tick i like that and i was happy to see no yellow on there at all another big big plus from me so yeah a lot of people coming in now with the comments andrew saying not sure about the shirt it's very different but i think it could be better Mm, yeah agree jason i'm personally not a lover of v-necks and also agree with the stripes off off center and not a great look even the tick just looks like it blends too much there was me saying i liked the tick um i'd say it's a huge upgrade on last seasons and i like the yellows gone yeah i agree i wasn't a huge fan of the incorporation of yellow. Now, Joe, you 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 sort of had some quite positive things to say about last season's home shirt. What do you prefer, last seasons or this seasons? Last seasons, easy. Yeah, it's, it's, um, a lot of people slate the yellow, and whilst I can take it or leave it, I think it adds something different. And we always cry out for Nike to do something different whether it works or not is is another thing. And I think it worked quite well last season. And I think last season's shirt um, will be looked on fondly, obviously, considering the season that we had. 
um it's a very historic shirt now in my opinion so um i'm i, I was really happy with last season so yeah um i would have taken something similar um without the yellow this season um maybe as as i keep saying centered stripes so it's not confusing to look at um and it's really annoying because I, I like the fact that they've gone like sort of all blue with the, with the shirt, with, with the white um, on it as well um, with no like red or, or, or yellow included. And that's why it's a little bit frustrating that it's, it's not a very nice shirt in my opinion, because they could have done so much with it. Um, and as you say, Tom, the night ticket is really nice. It's really smart. The colours themselves are perfect for a Brighton shirt. Um, so it's just a little bit disappointing. A bit basic, if you uh, if you kind of get my drift. Now, Dagan, Joe mentioned a really good point. Sometimes it's not about the aesthetics of the shirt, but it's the memories that are made whilst it's being worn. Do you think our initial sort of meh, sort of reaction to it might be placated if Brighton have a successful season. Certainly, right? I mean, uh, the things that surround a memory can can shape the memory to be better than it maybe actually was, right? Uh, we can remember the fond, the fond holiday amidst some traumatic times. Uh, so, so let's hope that it's remembered for the greatness that it uh, brings on the pitch and less so for the initial meh reaction. Uh, I, think I would imagine that's been the case many, many times before. Um, the The yellow shirt of ill repute may have been well-received initially by some, uh, but now sort of lives in infamy as far as, uh, as far as I know. Yeah, you're right. That yellow shirt is, uh, is believed to be cursed, but I still think it's a, a really nice shirt. So there you go. I was showing my... Um showing my collection off to uh, one of my mom's um, foster kids that she was looking after today. Um, and he pulled out the yellow one as if to say, oh, I really like this one. Um, and you're right, Dave, and that was, for me anyway, really well received um, when that came out. And um, as he pulled it out, it was met with a, oh, <laughs> from me, because of what it, you know, we, we I think we won one game in it and maybe got two Premier League points out of it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Again, it goes back to the memories that are made whilst wearing that shirt. Now, Maxwell, here we are talking about shirts. We're talking about Brighton shirts. Is there a particular Chelsea shirt for you that you look at and you think you have really fond memories and think, yeah, that was brilliant? Uh, and on the polar opposite, really negative memories. Um, well, uh, I think my favorite is um, the 2012 Champions League winning shirt. Um, yeah, I, I remember, you know, like the good memories that it brought. I had one, got stolen, had to replace it. So, yeah, I, I really like that one. I, I think, you know, uh, the person who took it as well must have been a big Chelsea fan as well. So, yeah, uh, that one brings back fun memories. And um, uh, the one that I like the least, I really like last season's jersey, but... I didn't like the memories that came with it. So <laughs> I'll put it at the bottom of my list for now. You are so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it looks, Maxwell, like Chelsea and Brighton's uh, relationship, for want of a better phrase, isn't quite over yet with Chelsea reportedly the main um, club 
that is likely to get Moises Caicedo this summer. This a mixture of reports, some reports saying that um, talks have been going on for weeks, others saying that they're sort of happening in drips and drabs. Um, in terms of Moises Caicedo, Maxwell, does he does the prospect of signing him excite you as a Chelsea fan? Extremely, extremely. Um, you know, in the Chelsea community, it's well known that, you know, we've lacked a defensive midfielder for quite a long time and it's kind of affected us has affected us quite a lot. So, you know, signing Caicedo is kind of like the ideal, he's the ideal player that we need besides Enzo Fernandez, who we spent so much money on. So, um it's 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 i think for me personally the transfer window hinges on the success of signing caicedo if we don't i think we'll be in big trouble this season if we do then my optimism going into the season is going to skyrocket that's really interesting maxwell really interesting indeed so do you think then that considering how important you perceive him to perhaps be to chelsea's success this season do you think the rumoured £100 million is a fair asking price considering what Declan Rice has just gone for? Or do you think that it's overinflated? Um, well, I, I think for people who know me, they know I'm, I'm not somebody that likes to, you know, dwell on prices. I think, you know, when it comes to transfers, the value that the selling club puts on a player is that player's value and I think even to ourselves if you're getting a 21 year old midfielder he's been to the world cup he's probably gonna sign one of those crazy eight nine year contracts that we've been handing out so you know you're gonna have him well until he's 30 so it seems like a worthy investment for me because let's say you buy a 26 year old defensive midfielder Within five years, his value has dipped, but Caicedo is going to have value well into, you know, his uh, the prime of his career and reaching 30 years old. So I'd say just pay the money. Now, one other thing, uh, Maxwell, that would could potentially suit both parties very well is uh, last season, as I know you're aware, uh, Levi Cole had a, a successful loan uh, stint with Brighton and Hove Albion and did himself uh, very fondly to the fans who would absolutely love to have him back. Roberto De Zerbi, our coach, has been very open and said that he wants to work with him for a number of years. Um, as a Chelsea fan, do you want to keep hold of Colwell or would you be okay with him being a part of any deal for Caicedo? <laughs> Colwell has to stay. By all means, Colwell has to stay. Um I mean, you. I don't have to tell you guys, he's an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender. And, you know, again, he's, what, 20, 21 years old. That's a player that is going to carry you well through his 20s, probably halfway through his 30s as well. He's that good. And, you know, you hear all these reviews of how so many coaches want him. Man City want him. Liverpool want him. So it's not even to say... You know, uh, with all due respect, you know, the, the likes of Brighton that want him, even the Premier League champions and, you know, Champions League winners, they all want him. So that just shows how big of a prospect he is and how good of a player he is right now. So he's not a player that I want to lose at, by any means possible. I'd even walk away, I think, maybe from Caicedo if Brighton say, you know, it's Colwell plus money or nothing. 
he's that important. We have Thiago Silva, he's 38, going on 39. You know, that left centre-back spot is his for the taking, so we can't afford to lose him. Thank you, Maxwell, for that, you know, honest and insightful opinion from a Chelsea perspective. Because, Joe, it's very easy for us to sit here as Brighton fans and sort of say, you know, if you want Kaiseido, you have to give us Colwell. Do you see the pursuit of um, other defensive options uh, a sign that perhaps Brighton are looking at, for want of a better phrase, cheaper alternatives or players at a better value? It's hard to tell, isn't it? Because there's so many different sources saying all sorts of different things. That obviously Colwell is still our top target defensively and that um, the club are confident that he wants to return. Um, and you've got other sources saying, no, Brighton are looking elsewhere now when our steps away from signing Igor or Igor from Fiorentina, um, who would, from uh, from my, what I've seen of uh, him, be that Colwell replacement um, because he's a very similar player. Um, and yeah, he's a little bit older, um, but I think he could fill that role quite nicely from what I've seen. And I haven't seen much of it. Maxwell's watched him much more than I have. So maybe we can get an idea on um, him a little bit later. Um, but it's just such a, a frustrating one from a fan's perspective, watching all this saga, you know, take place because we don't know what's going on with our star midfielder. We don't know who's going to fill that uh, Colwell shaped void if we don't get Colwell in. Um, so it's going to be really interesting um, to see how this does play out because I'm sure both clubs want some sort of deal done as soon as possible. With preseason coming up, the season is literally around the corner. It's less than a month away now. Um, so these deals have to be getting wrapped up. The squad have to be getting together and getting ready for a massive season from both ends. Um, obviously, Chelsea with the new manager with Pochettino and and us prepping for our first season in Europe. So um, I'm sure this saga will draw to a close within the next week or so. Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so. It is one of those where I'm really fed up of seeing it on my newsfeed on Twitter, especially now, Dagan, the US, um, you know, tour starts very, very soon. Um, Caicedo looks to be a part of that tour, flying from Ecuador to um, join up with the the club in the States. Um, is that for you? Is that a good sign? Does that give you perhaps more hope that he potentially will stay? Because for me, every day that kind of it keeps rumbling on, I get a slightly slightly more confident that he will stay. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable position, Tom. Um, I'm obviously excited to get to see him in a Brighton shirt right before before he's gone, uh, perhaps. Um, maybe that – I don't know that will make it any less heartbreaking when he does. You guys have known all season that I've felt like he was our most important player. Um, to Maxwell's point, I think with Pochettino's system, he's he is going to be the most important player for Chelsea. Um, he may not be the best player for Chelsea, but I think he'll be the most important to that system working. And I think – you're wise to think if you don't get him and some of the other CD options, CDM options aren't there, that's a real gap. And looking at the 29 man roster that Chelsea's sending over, that includes Levi Colwell, uh, but doesn't have Badi Shile. Um, Fafana apparently has picked up a knee injury. Colwell's going to probably get plenty of time to see where he fits, uh, but it won't be the full pecking order of Chelsea players. Uh, but I am really excited to see Moises uh, play in person. Um, 
I think it's just going to come down to whether someone meets our price or offers us a player and a figure that we're excited about, whether that's Arsenal comes in with an offer of, you know, Balogun and 50 million for Caicedo or Chelsea comes in with an offer of a hundred million or 50 million plus Colwell or whatever it might be. But I think if Bloom's valuations met, Caicedo will go. And if it's not, he won't. Um, and so I think to your point, the longer he stays, you know, the window of time where that valuation can be met, at least in this window, starts to close and close and close and the likelihood that he stays increases. Yeah, I don't. I, I think um, a lot was made about this apparent pact between Caicedo and the club when he re-signed the contract. I do think it is worth just remembering that you know Tony Bloom didn't become a, a potential billionaire from letting his assets just walk off for relatively cheap. Of, of course not. The man is very astute when it comes to money. Um, I don't doubt for a second that there is some sort of agreement in place with Caicedo that if um, an offer is favourable. We will not stand in his way if he wants to leave the club. Similar to Alexis McAllister, similar to Basuma, and many other players and you know members of of the team, uh, we won't stand in his way. But as you say, Dagan, that has to be met. And I just think, as Jason has just ver- you know, his, Jason, you must be reading my mind because with European experience. If he does well in Europe, his valuation will just go up and up and up and up. And it may well be that he is priced out of a move. And to some outside fans, that may be considered unfair. But, you know, to, to coin a phrase from, you know, that our American friends like to use, he is the MVP. He is the most valuable player in our team behind Lewis Dunk, in my opinion. Dunk's Tom, I've, he's the captain. I've got a question for you. Um there's a lot of suggestions from outside fans that if we stand in the way of Caicedo, it sets a precedent to other young players coming in um, to us um, and us not letting them move on. Do you think that gives us that reputation or do you think those young players still will want to come and play for Brighton and Albion? No, because I think there's more incidences where we've not stood in the way of staff, personnel, players than this one case. I mean, you could throw back and say, well, actually, no, look at Dunk. Dunk put in a transfer request all those years ago. We said no. Um, Stevens put in a transfer request. We said no. There is incidences where that has happened, but the club has always been, you know, we're, we're not privy to what happens behind closed doors, but I always get the impression that it's a case of, in that regards to like Stevens and Dunk, we want to get promoted Give us a season, give us two seasons, see where we're at. And if we're not where we promise you that we're going to be, then fair enough. I just think. But do you that... think if if there is that pact that we're talking about, do you not think the club might have said to Caicedo, get us to Europe and then we'll we'll listen to offers? Or even then that pact works both ways. Because if in that pact, whatever it may look like, they've explicitly said a club has to meet our evaluation, then Caicedo has to accept that. You can't try and force out uh, a low bid. But again, from what Caicedo has actually said or has been quoted in the media as actually saying, he likes Brighton. He enjoys playing for Brighton. He's spoken very highly about the coaching staff. He's spoken very highly about Bloom and Barber. So I don't think he's unhappy here at all. I think most of the talk is probably coming from agents. Um, we know it was an agent that posted that Instagram post or at least typed it out, told Kaizeda what to say in January. 
and let's be honest, the the agent here ne- doesn't necessarily have the player's best interests at heart. It's all about financial side of things because, you know, Chelsea, there is no doubt at all. There's no argument here whatsoever. Chelsea can pay Caicedo more than we ever could imagine. We we can't do that because it would break our wage structure. And that's one thing that de- Chelsea can definitely offer Caicedo that we can't. And for an agent, that is a big payday. Big, 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 big payday. So, of course, he's probably thinking, you know, let's, let's you know, let's tell, you know, Fab that, you know, oh, 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 yeah, talks are ongoing, talks are ongoing. He wants to leave. He wants to leave. But from Caicedo's perspective, everything he said has been really positive about Brighton. So I don't for a second think that young players are going to look at Caicedo and go, oh, I don't want to come here. They'll look at Julio and Ciso. They'll look Can at I... Ferguson. They'll look at Facundo Buonanotte mm-hmm. and say, ooh, I can get first team minutes in a Premier League team that are fighting at the right end of the table. Yeah, exactly that. Can I get um, Maxwell's opinion on um, Caicedo with regards uh, the agent side of things? And as well, the other thing was um, a lot of our fans are saying, why would Caicedo go to Chelsea this season? Because you're not playing European football and we've got that sort of pull, if you like, to offer him that competition to play on that stage um, and to, you know, push himself even more, maybe to like Real Madrid level. Um, So what's your sort of stance on, first of all, his agents pushing for Arsenal, now pushing for for Chelsea, um, and as well, our fans saying, actually, money aside, we can offer him more on a football basis. Um, well, with, with, with agents, like Tom said, you know, they're really, for most of them, they're really not looking after, you know, like the career of the player, you know, they're thinking about, you know, this one big transfer and, you know, they're looking at, you know, a transfer that probably goes up to what, hundred million. So that's a huge payday for them. So that's where they're looking for one moment. They could be trying to get him to Arsenal the next moment they could be, you know, peddling information in the media that pushes a move to Chelsea. So, you know, you can't expect loyalty from any side when it comes to to agents. Um, yeah, so that's just the name of the game. Um, in terms of him um, having, you know, on where he goes this season and why, um, well, I think for a 21-year-old, 20, 21-year-old, you know, being in Europe this season might not be as big of a deal because, you know, he could be back in the Champions League with Chelsea next year. He could be wherever they finish, Europa League and the like. So, you know, it's not do or die. I think if it were, you know, a 30-year-old Lewis Dunk, this is, you know, this is the year to experience Europe. So for him, I think he's got the privilege to make a decision that's not just clouded by where what he does this season um in terms of where he's better off i think he he gets the he gets a good deal either way he stays at brighton he's at a club where he's comfortable they'll be in europe um you know and his stock could rise even further and if he goes to chelsea he gets a good wage i guess which was which seemed to be a big deal for him uh, based on that statement in January. So yeah, he gets a good wage. Um, it's an exciting project. I know things look really 
doom and gloomy at Chelsea right now. But, you know, judging from the way so many players that are joining are speaking about it, you know, it does it does seem like it's an exciting project and it's with a manager who's got a proven track record of, you know, like helping young players kick into next gear. So I think it's a win-win for him wherever he ends up. Yeah, that's that's to be fair, that's um, you know, a well-reasoned argument there. I think that you're probably right in terms of his age, he still has that on his side. So, you know, going to Chelsea if that was his destination, not playing in Europe next year perhaps isn't the biggest isn't as big a deal for him because he knows that he'll probably end up there one day anyway because I think you know, we have to be as Brighton fans, we have to be honest with ourselves here. Chelsea had a bad, bad season last season, but it is a blip. You know, chances are they're going to be up there back in the, the, the top six soon, if not next season, certainly the season after. And I think we're kidding ourselves if we don't sort of acknowledge that. Um, so, you know, it's a win-win situation for him either way. He either gets to play in Europe with us, um, even if it's just for an extra season, or he gets to go to Chelsea um, you know, whilst they push on and, you know, try and, you know, better themselves. Thanks, Martin. Uh, yeah, we're terrible, terrible people. Um, thank you for your insight. Uh, Jason, it's a, all a game of chess. You have to make that right move. Yeah, who knows what that move will be. I'm hoping no matter what happens, what the outcome is, I just want it to be over soon, you know? Not I don't want to, not because I want to rush through it, um, but because I just want, if Kaiseido goes, we need to obviously get in a replacement. We need to obviously bed in any new any that new replacement to a new style of play. If Colwell's not going to be part of that, then we need to chase that left foot left footed centre back option. So there's lots of sort of gears that are going all at the same time, and I'm sure the club are sort of you know working on it behind the scenes. So yeah, that's sort of like my insight on it. It's just yeah, I'm fed up of. Uh, I'm fed up of talking about it now, gents, to be honest. One one element that's also probably attractive to Moises, right? there's no competition for his role in Chelsea. He's going to get all the time he wants. Yeah. That's not true of Colwell, who has a secure position at Brighton as a starter, but as he goes to Chelsea, is going to be in a bit of a competition with Badiashile, who's come in, high paid, he's a new signing. They aren't going to completely write him off and put him out of the rotation. Um, it's really interesting to me that that he's not on the trip with them. Um, and it makes me wonder what's happening behind the scenes and would they could they be looking to move him to placate Colwell to make him feel like, no, 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 this is your spot, um, without a doubt. What do you think about that, Maxwell? I wanted to get your take on Buddy Shilly not being on the on the trip to the States. Well, well, I hate to call someone being injured a blessing in disguise, but, you know, it, it kind of has come at, a, at an opportune moment where, you know, we're trying to convince Colwell that he has a role in the team. And, you know, he's, 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 he's going to start. In short, he's going to start on Wednesday. He's probably going to start against uh, you guys on Saturday. So, yeah, it's, it, it kind of just means he goes straight into the team and he kind of gets a feel of it. Hopefully he likes it. And, you know, I, just just maybe to, to comment a little bit further on it, um, from the outside, you know, for most of us Chelsea fans were quite, you know, calm about the situation because at the end of the day, 
Cowell has like what two years left on his contract with a club option to extend for a third year. So, you know, we don't have our hands tied behind our backs like with the Mason Mount situation. So, you know, he might say, I want to go, but at the end of the day, the, the decision lies with us. And it just depends on, I guess, the morality of our board in the sense of do we keep a player that clearly doesn't want to be here or do we keep this player here because we know his value and if we let him go, we are going to regret it. So, yeah, that, that that's how I see that. That sounds strikingly similar to our position with Caicedo, who signed through 2028. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is very similar. You know, it's yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And and Maxwell, I just another player that, depending on how Poch sets up, if he sets up in a back three or a back five or whatever you want to call it, another player that can also play in that left centre-back role, as Brighton saw to great effect uh, that Chelsea fans uh, unfortunately didn't, was uh, Mark Kukurea. What did you make of his season last season? Because as a, as a Brighton supporter, you know, he was our player of the season. He was excellent. He kind of, he had a wobble, I say a wobble. It took him a couple of games to sort of get into the swing of of the Premier League. But once he sort of had that momentum, he was just so, so good. So as a Brighton fan looking in at Chelsea, it was really shocking to see how poor he was for you. Um... Well, I think Joe knows I'm I'm quite I'm quite the globe trotter when it comes to you know how much football I watch. So I've I've been a fan of Kukurea since I think Iba when he was at Iba a good six odd years ago, and you know when he was at Brighton and you know there was the 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 rumors of maybe Man City maybe Chelsea. I absolutely wanted him to come to Chelsea. And when he did come, unfortunately, things didn't go that well. I still have faith in him. I know his abilities as a player. And, you know, within our fan base, people have kind of prejudged him based off last season when, you know, practically the entire team was poor last year. So I wouldn't judge him too much on last season. I He, he might not be, you know, the archetype or Pochettino fullback in the sense that um, he's not really the greatest creative-wise or goal-scoring like some of the other fullbacks that we have. But I feel like it's such a good advantage to have one fullback in Ben Chilwell who is great attacking, and then you have another fullback who is um, Kukurea, who is fit, he's versatile, he is great defensively because, you know, let's be honest, we're not always going to be attacking. There's some games that you want someone who is a little bit more reserved in terms of how much they bomb forward. So I I, I really appreciate Kukurea. I, I don't take well to the rumors of us possibly letting him go after one year. I feel like he deserves a second year in the team. And yeah, that I, I'm, I'm all for him. I, I quite like him. Decent, decent. Now, I'd also like to get your opinion then, Max, on uh, Brighton's apparent target in Igor, um, or Igor. I'm not sure how you pronounce um, his name. Joe mentioned that you you know a bit about him. So assuming yeah. then that Brighton don't get Colwell for one reason or another, do you think that Igor, or Igor, um, is a good replacement? I think he's a great replacement, to be honest. Um, I, I watch quite a bit of Fiorentina, and 
he's he, you know when you look at him physically because he's a big guy people think you know he's just um a no nonsense defender butchy guy but he's actually quite good on the ball he's great uh driving with the ball which is you know Joe mentioned his like for like with Cole. He's great at driving with the ball. He's good um, with passing. Fiorentina kind of play a little bit similar to you guys in the sense that, you know, there's all that passing triangles between the center backs and the central midfielders. And, you know, that means when he comes to you guys, or if he does come to you guys, he's going to fit right into that style. So um, I, I think he's quite a good player. He's fast for his size as well. So, uh, I, kudos to Brighton. I guess in the Premier League, only you guys could have, you know, gone to Syria and spotted, um, you know, a guy like him, and and probably he's gonna come and be a success. So I, I'm quite excited for you guys. He's just selling him because we, he doesn't want us to take Cole. So he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's fine. You guys, you guys are gonna love him. Don't you worry. We'll have Colwell, but you enjoy him. That's <laughs> what. What what jumped out at me watching tape this week on him, he doesn't seem to have the, the near elite in the air ability that Colwell has. Colwell's really special at winning the ball in the air. Is that is that a fair critique? Um, and I understand maybe that's because he's newer to, to the position. Um, Igor? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess he's, you know, he's quite a big guy. Like he's six foot one, I think. Six foot, six foot one, somewhere there. But... You know, he. It's not when you're talking about competing in the air in a league like Serie A, where you know you have the biggest players probably in Europe or Europe's top five leagues. It's not so easy. So I, th- I think it's not something that he can be judged too harshly on, especially also that he has a six foot four defender right beside him at Fiorentina, and you'll probably have something similar as well in Dunk at Brighton. So. It's not something that you can worry about. I think he's competent in the air, not the greatest, as as, as Dagan says, but I don't think it's, you know, like a, an outstanding weakness, if I may say. Decent, decent, decent. Like, I think I'm, I'd be quite happy to have Igor. I mean, rumours of a four-year deal, um, you know, are sort of picking up the pace, um, which has led, obviously, as I say, some Brighton fans to sort of, reluctantly accept that perhaps Cole Will isn't um you know on the cards. But then again, you know, conflicting reports say that Cole Will is still that number one priority target for Brighton. So it's going to be really interesting to see how both of these things develop. Uh, Jason says RDZ will sprinkle his magic and Chelsea will buy him for 90 million next season. <laughs> um, quite possibly Jason, you know, I think and that's the thing. If if Roberto De Zerbi thinks that Igor is good enough for his system for me that 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 seals the deal i i i'm in a hundred percent and you know i've been obsessed we haven't really talked much about the the new signings um you know we've got a brand new goalkeeper and big bart as we are referring to him now um obviously james milner who has come in and my brother-in-law uh met james milner at starbucks uh, the other day and he said he was very big big man um and then <laughs> You know, and then of course the Who as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot of exciting things happening at Brighton, and I think the the um, transfer window is just getting started for us. Um, 
which leads me to think about Big Bob Sanchez. Now I mentioned Big Bart, because there were rumours, Maxwell, about Chelsea potentially being interested in Sanchez, but I think that was more of a, a tenuous link to Ben Roberts um, and his time at Brighton. If that was the case, Maxwell, would someone like Big Bob Sanchez, would he sort of come with a sort of a, an acceptance there? Would you be happy with that sort of signing? Um, well, I... I feel like I feel I feel like he personally well at Chelsea I'm I'm quite exhausted of of Kepa Ritzabalaga, you know I've 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 been tweeting about wanting a new goalkeeper for a while but I want someone who can be our number one for quite some time. Uh, watching, um, sorry I f- I forget his name again. Watching Sanchez, uh, watching Sanchez. In the Premier League, especially last season, sometimes it just felt like he had a mistake in him. Uh, you know, he he's he's a good keeper. Don't get me wrong, but I'm looking more for an elite keeper rather than you know just somebody who might come in and compete with Kepa, but not really replace him. So uh, I, I I I don't really fancy him. Yep, that's absolutely more than fair. As I say, I think it was more of a, a tenuous link between you know, the fact that Ben Roberts, I, I don't even know if he's still at Chelsea, um, but you know, obviously there was a link there. Ben Roberts, a fantastic goalkeeper coach in his own right. Uh, now, I believe, uh, Maxwell, Dagan would like to ask you a question about another Brighton target. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, Maxwell, uh, there have been some some like less noisy Chelsea links to Mohamed Kudus. Um, and there's a lot of speculation with Brighton that perhaps uh, his transfer is dependent upon us having the big funds come in from Caicedo. Uh, so for us, that could be the silver lining of losing Caicedo. Whoa. Hey, uh, could be, <laughs> get, <laughs> could be, you know, getting a player of Kudus's caliber. What's your experience uh, with Kudus and what are your thoughts on him? Possibly landing at one of our two clubs in the fit. I, uh, he, he's he's a good player, really. He's a good player. He did well at the World Cup. I I can't say I've watched him quite a lot, but you know he wouldn't be the first name that I would want in my midfield. And not not as 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 a disservice for me. I think I am you know the Chelsea fan who is transitioning from the days when we used to go out and buy world-class players and, you know, slot them into the team. And then now we are switching to young talent. So I guess if he's linked to Brighton and looking at Brighton's recent track record with like young talents and knowing exactly what they can become, then I would be excited for both of us. If, if, if I can trust our homework, at least I can trust you guys' homework. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that right, we, we've, we've, got, we've got two teachers on the podcast, um, Tom and Dagan, both teachers. Now, it's not very good, is it, guys, to copy someone else's homework, is it? No, use chat GPT, it's easier. <laughs> I mean, don't, use, I mean no, no, don't do that. <laughs> do it yourself. Do your own homework. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, uh, yeah. Brighton's a that, but that's as a kudos to us um, because I think you know Brighton's scouting system, you know, has been exceptional over the last you could season. Say kudos on finding kudos. Yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah. I knew it was coming. I saw it. My <laughs> way. 
That was beautiful. That was beautiful. It's an embarrassing place to be, Maxwell. I'm really sorry you had to see that. <laughs> Um, so, so sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him the same rating he gave uh, Brighton's home kit for that joke for four out of ten. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Decent. So, Maxwell, just before like we sort of like start wrapping up the show, what would be a successful season for Chelsea? And I obviously I know a successful season for Chelsea next season would be Premier League title, you know, Champions League. But what do you think is a successful but realistic? <laughs> achievement for Chelsea next season to not let Brighton beat them twice <laughs> um, it, it's kind of turning it, it's kind of turning into a rivalry um, you know there's there's a little bit of uh, I, I, I know speaking on behalf of my Chelsea fans we don't quite like Brighton right now but um, yeah um, realistic target for Chelsea this season I would again it hinges on what happens with Caicedo uh, number one um, also hinges on what happens in a few of the other positions but I would say at least at least getting back into the top top six top eight by by the list I think Chelsea has got the chance to qualify for the Champions League if they come out fifth this season so that would be a somewhat ish uh, realistic target for 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 me this year especially also that we only have one game a week for most of the season and i think that will be a really key factor that perhaps we will find out to our detriment this season um because i'm going to ask you the same question joe and i know we'll probably talk about this more specifically as the season is rolling but you know off the bat i know that there's still a lot of uh, transfers in and out that could be happening but what do you think, Joe, is a realistic sort of goal for Brighton this season, both dom- both domestically and uh, in Europe? Yeah, I I have full trust in the club that we're going to go into this season very well prepared. Uh, Roberto De Zerbi has said it many times last season, if we want to be competing in Europe, we have to fill these gaps. We have to bridge these um, moments that, you know, haven't quite gone for us. Um, and... I think the board are very aware um, and will bridge those gaps. Um, Domestically, anywhere between 12th and 8th, I think would be successful in view that we do quite well in Europe. If we go through to the quarterfinals and give it a really good go, then I think that would go down as a really, really good season for us. Hard to agree. Dagan, same question. Uh, Tom, Tom. Uh, no no result on the positive side would surprise me uh, for Brighton this year. If we win a trophy this year, I would not be surprised. Um, whether that comes in one of the Cups, whether it comes in Europe. Um, whether And I, I'm going to say it out loud, whether it comes in winning the whole league, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I think we're our trajectory is, is close. When you look back at how we played last year, uh, we, we are, we were as good as any team in the league um, on a given day. And if we just cleaned up our performances against the teams in the bottom half, uh, we'd have been sitting a lot higher than sixth. Uh, I'll reinforce that with, with some, some data. Uh, as you know, I like to do in the entire time of Tony Bloom, excluding promotion seasons, Brighton has only once, 
only once dropped in place from one year to the next by more than two spots. Only once. There was one year we had a 14-place drop. Um, I think we were down in the championship maybe then. Um, but other than that, we've never dropped by more than two spots, and we've averaged a move upward by about two and a half to three places. And so if you imagine we'll fall somewhere between our average and our worst, right? That puts us somewhere between third or fourth and eighth. And I think that's probably where we'll land in that window. Everything we know about Tony Bloom and Brighton suggests that'll be the case. There's nothing to make me think we would be outside of that. Um, so for all those that chuckle about, you know, what we can't talk about Chelsea and Brighton in the same breath because of the history. The history is the history. It's undeniable the success that Chelsea's had and the trophies that they've won. But right now we're, we're peers competing very much on the same level. Um, that, that's, I think that's a hard pill for, for Chelsea fans to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a little bit of a hard and weird, like unnatural pill for Brighton fans to swallow. But I, I really think it's true. Um, we're, we're doing business. We're being talked about in the same breath with the same prospects. Um, you know, we're not being talked about with the $100 million players, but with the $40 million players, uh, it seems we're, we're in that battle. Um, you know, if you look at the giant spreadsheet I've created, you see overlap between all of the top clubs in the world, Champions League clubs. Um, I don't think Tony Bloom is doing this to have us be just okay. Uh, I really think the plan is to make us a top club and doing it in a way that's very different. Um, yes, we're going to sell players. We have to sell players so we can buy more players and build build them up. Um, but it's interesting that Chelsea is the only team in the Premier League that has a younger roster than we do at this point. Um, so they may have seen some wisdom in the way that, that we're building and realize that a sustainable way to build is get a bunch of good young talent. And then from that, you can pick, who do we keep? Who do we sell? Who do we keep? Who do we sell? And you repeat. Um, so I, I'm incredibly, it was a long, long answer to say, I'm incredibly optimistic about this year. Um, do you know what, Dagan? I bloody love you. <laughs> Giving us hope that we can win the Premier League. No one has ever done that before. Not even the the most craziest Brighton fans ever said, yeah, we could win the league. But then here comes Dagan, the, the legend from the US of A, going, yeah, why not? I'm like, I, just, I just love it. Somewhere, hey, Aaron. Going, what the shot. hell are you on about? <laughs> yeah, but no, I think I think that's the the optimism that that we l- just love about you know many of our American contingent. I think that just you know encapsulated by what America is, just a, a sea of optimism. Um, and as British people, we're like, oh no, oh no, 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 Chelsea. Yes, 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 yes. We do well not to get relegated. <laughs> yeah, we just finished. We just finished in the top six. As long as we stay up, it's fine. Um, but no, I think um, I think you you are right, Dagan. You are right. And I think uh, as Michael's put in the, the the comment section here, you know, full preseason with the Zerbi as well. You have got to remember that the Zerbi didn't get a full preseason last season. He came in had what two weeks with them because of a lot of wider context around, you know, the, the Queen and what have you. Um, the full preseason, brand new players that he wants to go out and buy. And Tony Bloom basically saying, okay, that's incredibly exciting. And I do think it's going to be a season to remember, no matter what happens. So there you have it, guys. Fantastic. 
Thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. There to you Joe. have it, guys. Brighton are going to win the Premier League. Yeah. Good night. If they, <laughs> if they don't, you can send Dagan your messages on Twitter at, at American Seagull. Maxwell um, didn't offer a counterpoint, so he's totally in agreement. Yeah, Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Max, you know what? Maxwell is a seagull confirmed. Hey. I'll, Maxwell, I'll, 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 I'll give Dagan, get Dagan the benefit of doubt on this one. <laughs> Um, can I just say to uh, the guys watching, if you want to go and follow Maxwell, it's uh, is it Maxwell underscore the gist? Um, yeah. He does great work, uh, always tweeting such good stuff about football. And uh, we've had a lot of good uh, sort of conversations over the last year, um, ever since the whole Enoch and Wepu thing. And it's been great to to have you on, on here as well, Maxwell. So thanks for coming on, mate. Um, and keep up all the good work. Yeah. Thank thanks you, Maxwell. Thanks time. a lot. It's my pleasure. Really enjoyed your thoughts, Maxwell. I have to. Yeah, it's nice to share these thoughts with the wider fan base as well. And because I know, especially at the moment, Twitter is a bit of a toxic uh, belace between Chelsea fans and Brighton fans. (laughs) It's quite nice to have quite a a civilised conversation, um, you know, without it coming to blows. So thank you. Sort of feels like we should hurl some abuse at you, Maxwell. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's not, that's not how we do things on this podcast <laughs> no, I've, I've, um, after this podcast I'll, I'll become uh, a half and half honorary eagle thank you Maxwell that's all <laughs> we needed to hear <laughs> thank you ever so much guys for joining us this evening if you are watching this back uh, via YouTube or you listen to it back via Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to let us know your thoughts on the brand new home shirt, which seems like forever ago we chatted about that. Let us know your comments, uh, your thoughts, sorry, in the comment section down below at us on Twitter as well to let us know what you think of the new home shirt. Let us know about what you think in regards to Caicedo and Colwell and all the other magnitude of things that are happening in this preseason. But it won't be long until we are back we kick things off in the summer series very, very soon. And then soon, before you know it, the Premier League will return. And we'll be back with our amazing, amazing, yeah, I'm going to say it, amazing content on a weekly basis. But in the meantime, guys, wherever you may be, whenever you may be, we'll see you next time. Take care.